Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hey, Tanya. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. You caught me right in the middle of a big slug of lemon water. I know. I am so addicted to lemon water now. I go through spurts where I don't want to drink water, but I know I have to. And so then I either have to put unsweetened tart cherry juice in it or just fresh lemons in it. And right now it's so blooming hot here in Tennessee that fresh lemons just just doing it for me. It's interesting because what I've learned in Ayurveda is that fresh lemons for pittas might actually increase your fire. See, I'm always wanting to increase my fire. (laughs) Always, always. I mean, I will sit and eat jalapenos out of the jar. Love pepperoncini peppers better than Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) Give me anything acidic. I'm all over it. Pickles, pickles, pickles. I just think it's interesting. Mm, It is very interesting. Sour, yep. So sour (laughs) amla increases pitta. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm all about doing things bad for me. This is this is why you love it. Dun dun dun. Okay, so in light of all of this, what are we talking about today? We are talking about Ayurveda. Yeah. I so I'm pretty excited. And you have been doing an Ayurvedic certification training schooling that's gonna last you like three years to do or yeah. a long time. And I'm so I'm real excited. Yeah. Well, I just know surface Ayurveda, so I'll get to throw in just a couple little tidbits and I'll be so excited that I know something, but you're getting down in down deep into it. So I'm excited. I'm so nerding out and it doesn't even bother me. <laughs> like I've like got books everywhere and I'm filling up notebooks. And I was telling someone the other day that I'm also, you know, I think you and I have talked about this. Like I really love the smell of books, which mm-hmm. is why digital books don't do anything for me. Yeah. And I really love the smell of good ink pens. Like mm-hmm. I will decide on my ink pen based on how it smells. Uh-huh. And so I'll literally be taking notes and be like sniffing. <laughs> I'm like such a dork. I'm like, yep, you're nerding out. Okay. You know what? The next time we're hanging out together in person, we're going to have to go to a Staples because I can nerd out over post-it notes and notebooks. So you'll be over sniffing pens and I'll be... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be fondling all the notebooks. <laughs> They'll be like, these two are not allowed in this store. <laughs> they need to be kicked out. <laughs> I don't even well, care. <laughs> you know, when I was doing some of the research for Ayurveda, one thing that kind of, I did not know this, and I don't know why I didn't know this, because we teach Ayurveda, just the basics of Ayurveda and the doshas and teacher training. But I didn't realize that it was thought to be over 5,000 years old, just like yoga. Oh, yeah. Ayurveda is Mm -hmm. actually in the Vedas. You know, Mm -hmm. that's why it's like Ayurveda, right? Right. It's actually written in the Vedas. And it's also like written in the Samhitas, which is all in the lineage, just following the Vedas. So Mm -hmm. its intelligence is as old as yoga and it's believed that when the information was handed down it 
it literally just became two lineages, even though it was one source of information, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. that's why they call it the sister science of yoga, that yoga is the physical, mental, and spiritual path, while Ayurveda is the scientific basis behind it. Yeah, I love that. Um, I guess, would you... Th- if I simplify it this way, tell me if I'm wrong. Um, Ayurveda teaches us to see the world as it relates to the elements or the doshas. True. So. so Ayurveda, the Sanskrit word, is actually broken down from two pieces, right? Ayur mm-hmm. and Veda, Veda being life and Ayur being the science of life, right? Mm-hmm. And it really like biology in mm-hmm. ancient terms. Mm-hmm. And it, they believe that we're all born with a mixture of all three of the doshas, the vata, pitta, and kapha. All things, even rocks, mm-hmm. even dirt, even plants, even everything is, mm-hmm. is actually born of all three doshas because all three doshas have different functions within the body, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, you and I in yoga, we talk about the vayus. Well, the vayus right. are vata. Mm-hmm. That's the different airs in terms, literally A-I-R. That's the different air that is within vata. And mm-hmm. we talk about agni being the fire in the third chakra and agni is pitta. So when you in Ayurvedic science learn about each of the doshas, it breaks it down into those um, elements quite literally. Mm-hmm. And kapha, kapha is broken broken down into the datus, the tissues, the structure, and every body needs all three, even though our mental constitution might lend towards one or another. When you think about our mental constitution, right, you go back to like our past podcast episodes where we talked about the doshas, we talked about the vata, the pitta, the kapha, and we talked about how, you know, personalities sort of align with that. And we also talked about how your body structure can give us a clue as to what your predominant dosha is. But what we in basic Ayurvedic intelligence don't understand is that vata, pitta, and kapha actually reside in the body on all layers, even down to the cell. And that's what I thought was fantastic because here I had no idea that in my Ayurveda class, we were going to basically go into microbiology and Mm -hmm. we were going to talk about the parts of the cell and which dosha functions which part of the cell. Mm -hmm. So vata actually functions the nucleus of the cell and pitta governs over the mitochondria, which is like the energy center of the cell. Mm-hmm. And kapha is the protoplasm or the structure of the cell that holds the cell together. So that just kind of hanging things, out. Yeah, that different things can <laughs> connect to it, right? It's yeah. the it's the mama bear. It holds everything together. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's so fascinating to me that I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, and for people that don't know a lot about Ayurveda and they ask, why do I need to learn about Ayurveda? It can help you develop your own strengths and honor the strengths that you have within yourself and to really get in touch with your truest nature, to hone in on areas that you you find challenging. And those can be seasonal. I know you're going to talk about that in one of these episodes, however many this ends up being. <laughs> yeah, right. um, <laughs> we always say one or two and then it's like 18 right. episodes later. <laughs> and it can help you when you're really struggling. And, you know, mentally, if you're having mental struggles, you can look in and see where 
where you might be able to adjust your diet or what you're doing. Wouldn't you say that that's one reason people might want, or those are some of the reasons people might want to learn yeah, about it? That's a huge reason, really, because ultimately Ayurveda is, although it's the science of life, it's actually, its goal is to keep the doshas in balance. And if we know that if your body's in homeostasis, your functions are in balance, you're going to be healthy. It's when your functions get out of balance that dis-ease starts to happen, like right? Mm -hmm. And if your stuff is chronically out of balance, this is where you're going to start to see chronic diseases, right? And, you know, nobody wants that, right? But at the same time, you have to think about the fact that just like medicine, medicine in the Western culture is trying to keep a person healthy. And it's also trying to treat people with disease. And cure people, right, so that we can bring them back to a state of health. Ayurveda, similar in its notion, but it kind of peels that back. And in Ayurveda, the definition is more preventative. We want to see it and fix it before the disease starts to happen. Mm -hmm. And the reason that it focuses so much then on time of day and balance in the day and seasons and time in your life is because it states or believes that if we stay ahead of it, we'll never get to that place. Mm -hmm. Right. So it encourages us to not be a bystander in our life and our health. It helps us to be active participants. Correct. Be proactive. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not saying that you can't enjoy your life, but find a means of quality self-care that keeps your homeostasis in, in balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's cool stuff. So you want to run us down the elements? Sure, there are five elements that and Ayurveda recognizes them as the building blocks of nature, and that's the earth, the water, the fire, the air, and ether, which is space. And every substance contains all five of the elements. And in any given substance, one or two elements are typically uh, predominant over the others. Very true. So when we look at the doshas themselves, and we should, we should maybe explain what a dosha is. So a dosha in its English translation is a constitution. It is also, from what I'm learning more, considered a humor mm -hmm. or a state of equilibrium. And what, what we're talking about when we talk about these humors is it's actually defined as when it gets out of balance is when you will become unhealthy, right? So we think about you and I talk about our pit to fire all the time. Mm -hmm. But if we have too much fire for too long, can you have too much fire, Tanya? Can you? I think not. <laughs> okay. That is a very pitiful response. However, you and I both know that if we go too long, yeah. too hot, too far, we hit a wall mm -hmm. and we literally crash and burn. We've watched each other hit walls. Crash and burn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and we also know that when it happens, usually something's going to happen in our stomach. Something's going to be off in our gut. Maybe it's going to rise up into heartburn, which thankfully, knock on wood, without meat, I don't deal with heartburn anymore. But mm -hmm. it used to be a thing, right? And, you know, just that hotness, like that, I'm going to 
I'm going to punch somebody, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's that's that uncontrolled, out-of-balance pitta, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But when we think about those doshas, those constitutions, and we, we go back to that statement that every person is a pie with all three doshas in it, what we can't tell without sort of doing some investigation of the person is how much of that pie is one over another. And you and I both have talked about how when we look at our pie, I would say I have like zero, a sliver, a sliver of vata. The rest mm-hmm. is super heavy pitta, maybe a piece of kapha and a sliver, like a chunk of crust is mm-hmm. my vata, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and this is, you know, the constitution, but as it relates to the elements, that vata piece is that air and ether, those elements, air and ether, whereas mm-hmm. pitta is fire and kapha is earth but the two of them actually share water which is why Mm -hmm. it's not uncommon for pittas to have their second dosha be kapha because they already share a predominance of water already Hmm. well then why is my second dosha more vada actually my kapha and vada are pretty even yeah i would say they are yeah they're pretty even I would say they are because your pitta is pitta on fire. Yeah. But then when you're not pitta, you're either kapha or you're vata. Mm-hmm. So they're both closely related, but also just unique. Mm-hmm. Well, there are also 20 qualities. Um, Ayurveda identifies the 20 qualities, which are the gunas, that can be used to describe every substance or experience. And they're organized in 10 pairs. And I know them, but I can't tell you a whole lot more about them. So I might mention them and then you can tell us a little bit more about them. Well, I'm gonna because you're going to go down this path and then I'm going to tell you how sometimes you can use those qualities to identify the people in your life based Mm. on those qualities. Okay, well, there's heavy and light, slow, meaning dull, or sharp, meaning penetrating, hot and cold, obviously, oily, dry, smooth, rough, dense, liquid, soft and hard, stable or mobile, gross or subtle, and cloudy, meaning sticky or clear. And basically, you know, if people weren't really paying attention to that, what it is, is they are opposites, Mm -hmm. right? So each pair is like two ends of a totem pole, right? So you're either light or dark, you're either Mm -hmm. moist or dry. Mm -hmm. And now people would say, well, how do I know? Well, you and I both know, we kind of come from this place of, you know, kind of greasy skin, like we're good quality, thick, tanning easily, right? See, and and I'm, I don't have oily skin. And I don't tan easy. I burn the second I get outside. So that that might, mm, I know. I mean, I'm white, 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 white little Scottish girl. So it's interesting. <laughs> I feel like. With the red hair, the green eyes. We need to redo your doshas. I know. We need to recheck them. But anyways. Okay. So when you go through those qualities, some of the things to consider is when you look at the light and the dark, like the first of them, right? You have that light quality within vata, whereas that darker quality is in that kind of kapha, that kind of heavy, right? So it's two ends of the totem pole. And then sort of pitta sits somewhere in between, right? Can be light, but then it also has heavier qualities in terms of it's that liquid flow, it's that medium oily kind of sort of skin tone, hair tone, right? You can also consider it based on eyes, 
like, right? Vata's eyes tend to be lighter colored and very quick moving, whereas mm -hmm. Pitta's eyes are very focused, very like look clean at you. And then Kapha eyes are like these beautiful, rounded, you know, buggy eyes, but like so enthralling, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things to consider is most of the time when we talk about these qualities in the doshas, what we don't give them credit for is that each dosha has its very positive qualities and its very negative qualities. And there is no dosha better than another, mm -hmm. right? Now, I say that, but in the body, they are actually ranked in importance as vata, pitta, and kapha in terms of their function. Now, in terms of a person's mental constitution, w neither one better than the other. Okay? Mm -hmm. What I mean when I say that is one cannot live without breathing. And if vata is your air, it is what's most important right? You cease to breathe, you cease to live. And then secondarily, you have food and digestion and assimilation, which is Pitta's job. Pitta's job is to take that food into the stomach, burn it up and use it for fuel, right? Mm -hmm. And without that digestion and assimilation, you have no energy. And without energy, the body would cease to live right. secondarily. And then lastly, you have Kapha and Kapha is what builds structure. And we know proven that if you were to lose an arm, arm or lose a leg or lose two arms and two legs, you still can function without that structure, right? So it is the least in terms of necessity for life. Now, obviously, if you were to take out the structure of the heart, then you would cease to live, right? But it's because like that's just deep down this down the lane, right? We're talking in terms of initial movement through the body. Right. right? So there is importance to order, like mm -hmm. all things in yoga, order matters. Right. And I, I say that in jest, but you look at the eight limbs of yoga and order matters. Mm -hmm. Right. There was there was purpose for its existence. Even as simplifying it to the breakdown of how you build a class, order matters. You don't order. start with handstands. Order matters, right? Mm -hmm. You got to build up to it. So yeah, we'll roll just a little bit more down the doshas and then we're probably going to have to flip to a different episode because we're already filling so much time. But <laughs> vata, right? We talk about vata being the air. It mm -hmm. governs movement, right? So it's what moves the cells around in the body. It's what moves matter around in the body. We chew food and we have this action of peristalsis that goes down the, you know, the pipes and into the stomach. And that peristalsis is an action of vata. It moves the food. It is also in charge of the involuntary actions, like mm -hmm. the pumping of the heart. Boom, 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 boom. That is vata. Vata is moving the blood around, right? Right. And it is also in charge of our voluntary movement. This is vata. I flex my arm. That's vata. I need vata to do that, right? And it also controls our senses because if we touch something hot, our hand r right away recoils and that's due to vata, right? Vata is what controls that action. When you move into pitta then, remember we're talking about that, that fire or mm -hmm. that 
energy control cell. And pitta is our power to transform. It literally takes food and it emulsifies it, crunches it down, and it transforms it into energy. I mean, obviously it goes through assimilation and it goes through absorption and all those things, but in the end, it's transforming it into energy. Pitta also is what controls the thermostat in the body. And it likes to happily be somewhere between 98 and 99 degrees. Mm -hmm. And it is in this perfect state, the best place for your body to rest, digest, rest, digest, and do it again and again and again at that proper temperature, right? Likewise, you think about when you talk about gestation and or pregnancy, the right temperature in the uterus is what will house a healthy embryo, right? So all of that temperature control comes through pitta, as Mm -hmm. does your metabolic rate. You look at people who have high metabolisms, they're usually fiery pitta people. And it's also why we eat something and two hours later, especially if we're busy and we're running, we're like, oh, I'm kind of hungry again. And Mm -hmm. we very quickly move past hunger to hanger Mm -hmm. because we're like, because our metabolism is like... Right. Yeah. Okay. And then it also plays the very important role of cell division. So in that perfect temperature uterus, it works to divide the cells. It Mm -hmm. works not only to build the growth of a baby in utero, but it also plays that part in cell division when you're a child and you're growing. Right. Mm -hmm. So then it comes down to kapha and kapha is responsible for the structure in the body. It is responsible for your hair, your teeth, your bones, your tendons, Mm -hmm. anything that is substance, your skin. This is held together by the intelligence of kapha. It is your strength building. It is your stamina. Although it takes vata to flex this muscle, it takes kapha to hold it Mm -hmm. and be stable and steady. And when you start to shake, that's vata again, right? Mm -hmm. So this is like we talk about in our yoga poses, stiram and sukham. It's this balance between the energies of can we be strong and steady as opposed to strong and shaking, right? Mm -hmm. And can we remain calm? Can we keep pitta from freaking out, right? right? It's really that perfect balance between the three. It's really kind of cool, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's very cool. And kapha is also associated with memory. Kapha yeah. associated with memory. A this lot of people why, worry about that now. Yeah. This is why those beautiful Kapha big-eyed people have elephant memories. Mm-hmm. My husband being one of them. <laughs> he thinks it's a curse. He's like, I remember both the good and the bad. So he does not love that. So I think this is probably a good place for us to call part one, part one, and then part two, we'll take doshas down the path of imbalances and what happens when they're off and what we can do to rebalance them. I think that sounds fabulous. Because I know that you've got some books and some recipes and that'd be really cool too. Uh-huh, I do. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas. On a pod, signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Pittas on a Pod.